You're listening to audio from the Realm Church, a church community based in Oakland, California. For more information about the Realm Church, visit therealmchurch.com. Today's sermon comes from Pastor James Westby. Good morning. Please be with you. Also with you. All right. Well, this is our service Sunday. Yeah, I know this means that things are scaled back. There are no speakers, no amenities. It's just us. Amen. And so we'll talk a little bit more about, about why we do service Sundays uh, towards the end. Uh, but today we're going to do a devotion. Now look, we're going to do a devotion. I'm going to stay within time. Uh, typically when I do this, uh, 45 minutes later, um, we've gotten past. So we're going to try to keep this around 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, we have here John Mark, Barnabas, and Saul. They're all going on what we have called over the last several uh, generations mission strips. They're living a life on mission, which is what we're going to talk about today, a life on mission. But why do they do this? What is the why in the, of the motivation as to why they do this? Because if we're going to talk about life on mission in Oakland, life on mission on our jobs and in our communities, if we're going to talk about that, we have to actually not start with doing, but what was done. That's the only way to understand why these guys are going from culture to culture, town to town, people to people, and sharing their faith. I know there's people that when you say things like share your faith, they cringe inside because like you want me to say what and do what? Why? You have to understand first, let's start with what was done because when you have the Great Commission, which is a part of the Great Commission, Jesus says that, listen, hey, I want you to go and I want you to teach all people to, uh, to observe all that I've taught you. Essentially what Jesus is saying with the Great Commission as he's commissioning people to live a life on mission is that I want you to go and share with people what you have received. I want you to go and share with people the truth that you received and the transformative uh, um, realities that you have received. I want you to give and impart to others what has been imparted to you. See, it's, it's not about a doing of just rote things. And whenever life on mission and sharing of our faith, whenever that is the image that conjures up, then we have to go back and revisit the why of the mission so we can start and fuel the, the doing of the mission. Why are they doing this? Let me open up with this. If I can get an, uh, a volunteer. This is more laid back. I don't have the freedom to do this during regular sermon, so let me do the volunteer. All right. All right. <laughs> Enter at your own risk. We need to revisit this. This is the why. Well, if I told you I had a gift, I have a gift. I'm going to give you this gift. Okay. Okay. But what's in this gift? I don't know. This gift, in this gift, it's life. Okay. In this gift, it's joys forevermore. In this gift, is the answer to all of your deepest problems in life. Oh, yeah, you're ready. Oh. <laughs> in this gift, is the answer and the relief to your deepest depressions. It's the lifting of your heaviest burdens. It's, it's the, the wiping away of your deepest fears. In this, is life eternal. And this is our answers about why you are created and who you are and the purpose of life and who your God is in this is life eternal. You want this good? Yes. Okay. 
Now, here's the, here are the conditions for this gift. The conditions for this gift, there are conditions for this gift. The condition for this gift is two things. Just two? Just two. Okay. You have to understand that it is by grace alone. Did you do something to earn this gift? Nope. I think I found you and I offered you this gift. Yes. There is nothing within you that earned this gift. Did you give me money for this gift? Did you do something wonderful and powerful for this gift? Is there something innate within you that says that I should give you this gift because there's something good about you and I want to give good to good? Is that, is that what it is? No. It's by grace alone. You have to understand that it's because I love you that I'm giving you this gift. Yes. Okay. Would you like to know the other thing? Yes. Okay. It's by faith alone. Faith alone, that means that all you have to do is trust that the gift giver is giving this to you by your trust alone in him and that he's able to actually deliver on what he promised in this gift. By faith alone, by grace alone. Okay. You want this gift? Yes, I do. All right. I freely give you this gift. Thank you. Okay. Amen. 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 However, this is what happens with this gift. Now watch this. This is what happens with this gift. Let's say time goes by and you, you have this gift. It's mine. And it's yours, that's right. But you begin to believe things about this gift. And you begin to believe that in order to have this gift, then you have to actually do something to keep the gift. Yes. See, maybe you know that you didn't earn the gift, but you believe that you have to earn it to keep the gift. Mm, makes sense. And so maybe your hands goes from one of open and receiving to one of what clenching and fighting for. Okay, so are you now fighting for your gift? Yeah. Well, well, hold on. Let's 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 see. <laughs> let's see. Now you are fighting for your gift, meaning that you are starting to believe that now that you have this gift, you're starting to see that there's certain things about you that you're still hoping that God will change about you. And you're starting to realize that, wait a minute, I am really not a good person on the deepest parts of me and God needs to transform my heart. I'm starting to notice that when I do relationship with people, then I can be snippy and snappy and I can have thoughts about people that I say that, Lord, I know that this is not what you want from me. Uh, you start to see that, that I really realize that there really isn't anything that good about me. And so you begin to say that I don't really deserve this gift. That's one end. But you begin to say that I don't deserve the gift. Put the gift out. Put it get away from you. I don't deserve this gift. Well, maybe you can. I don't know if you can, but, but, but let's put it down. There's another way that we can deal with this gift. Where we say that, listen, this gift is only earned... And it's only earned by what I do. Right? Those that have this gift, they live transformed lives. And it's by what I do. And so pride begins to get in. And you begin to, to say that, listen, I'm comparing my life to other people. And I earn this gift based on how good I am in comparison to the person sitting right next to me. And so we begin to hold the gift and say that, listen, you don't deserve it. I deserve the gift. And then we have pride at that point, is it a gift? <laughs> but where you spend most of your time is that you realize that you cannot sit and live under the weight of that. Because you have to actually live with yourself. And you know that in the deep, the deep parts of your conscience, you know that, hey, I know that I am really not. I can put on a good show. I can do a false self. But on the inside, I know that I am desperately in need of God. Lord, I need some grace. And then what happens? You become undone by the gift. 
the gift is now a, a source of undoing you because you're sitting with this gift that you say that it is too good. And as a matter of fact, it's so good, I can't strive to keep it. As a matter of fact, it is easier to not believe the gift than to believe that God will love someone like me. And so now you're undone by the gift. And then I come back to you and I say, where's the gift? Now, I want you to try to give me this gift. Hmm? Try to give me the gift. Two ends. Try to give me this gift. You say, I'm undone by this gift. You don't love me. You cannot love me. And then God says this. I'm giving you the gift. You can't give it back. I won't allow you to give it back. It's a gift from me. It's a gift. The gospel. This is a picture of the gospel. The gospel... It's meant to liberate us and free us and to expose us into God's love. We are baptized into God's love for us. The second we take the gift and we begin to put things on the conscience that the conscience was never meant to carry, you do not, you do not, it's scandalous to the mind, listen to me, you do not take the gift of the gospel and base it on what you do as to whether or not you have the gift. We said, whoa, 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 Pastor, wait, 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 get to the actions because we're supposed to be living differently. We're supposed to be doing differently. Well, just wait a minute. It is a free gift of God that has nothing to do with what you did for it. It is a gift of God that has nothing to do with what you do to keep it. It is a gift of God. You make the gospel bankrupt in your own mind when you base it on what you do. This is a part of the scandal of the gospel. Because we want to get to what? We want to get to the navel gazing. We want to get to, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. It's about what you do. It's about what you do. The gospel is not about what you do. It's about what has been done for you. That's the power of the gospel. The scripture says that it is the power of God unto salvation. It is God's power in your life. It's his love that transforms. It is not by what you do. If your actions cannot earn this gift. Your actions cannot confirm or it cannot earn or keep the gift. Amen. Okay. All right. So perhaps it's almost as if, because I know people want, want me to get to the doing. You got to do. You got to do, Pastor. You got to do, Chris. You gotta, I, I, I know. Just hold on for a second. When you look at the gift of the gospel and what God does, and it's a person. God, Jesus is offering himself in all of his gifts. The gift giver is offering gifts in himself. Maybe it's as if Jesus is actually standing there saying that, look to me. You want to know, you want to confirm your salvation? Don't look to yourself. Look to the Lord over and over again. Lord, I'm believing. Lord, I'm trusting. I'm fighting. I'm fighting yet again to trust and trust again and trust again. Lord, I did it again. I'm messing up. It's the power of the gospel. It is the most scandalous yet the most loving message ever given on earth. You can have that gift. Whatever's in there, that is yours. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Let's praise the Lord for our sisters. We don't get life on mission if we don't understand that. Listen to me. To the extent that you receive God's love is the extent that you will share God's love. 
If you do not believe that God loves you, if you do not believe that, that, that this is truly based on something that has been done for you and you don't receive that, and you're always caught up in what you are and, and who you are and how bad you are, you will not want to share this message with other people. See, the more you receive this message, the more you receive God's love, it begins to transform the inside of you where mission does not become about something that you're conjuring up and doing, oh, I guess I got to share with this person. But mission becomes something like, like I want you to have what I have. I, I want your burdens to be lifted like me. I tell you, I am a mess. Don't look to me for salvation. Look to Jesus, but I want to give you what I have. It happens on the deep parts of us, y'all. It doesn't happen from here. It happens from here. It doesn't happen. It happens from a sobering part of us to say that, Lord, there is truly nothing that I can give. Paul, Barnabas, John Mark, they have all received these realities in their life. And so they're at the gate like, let me in, coach. I'm ready to go. That's the motivation of life on mission. So the first thing I'm going to say to us, listen, life on mission is about you getting square with God on that reality. That, Lord, you, truly there is nothing that I can offer you. Do a work on the inside of me that I may see how much you love me because your love is actually overwhelming to me. I love that song that we just sang. This reckless love, it seems reckless. Why? Because it pleases God to do so. Why me? As part of my pleasure brings me pleasure to love you love you in this way. Let me give you three quick things about life on mission that comes out of love. Because those that go on mission are loved ones sent on mission. What do we see in, the, in this text? We see a couple of things. Life on mission is about knowing and obeying a call. Life on mission is about, about knowing and obeying a call. I am loved by God and I want to share. What are you sharing? You're sharing the gift that you received. Let's look at that. We see here that Paul, Barnabas, or Saul and Barnabas, they were both set apart for the work in which God called them to. Okay, now real quick, what were they called to? Who were they called to preach to? The Gentiles. They were called to preach to the Gentiles. That's life on mission. God set them aside apart for that. Let me give you a couple of uh, things to just uh, grab onto as to how to think about calling. We're going to do this more extensively in different parts of Scripture, but right now I think it's important that we have a, sni a snippet of what calling looks like. There's a general call, there's a unique call, and then there's special calling. General call is this. A general call, all Christians, all of those that have received this, this gift through faith alone, all of those, all Christians are called to proclaim the gift that God offers. That's the general call. You don't have to have a call of, uh, you know, I don't have the gift of evangelism. No, you don't have to have a gift of evangelism. That's why Paul tells, um, was it Timothy, to do the, the work of an evangelist? Just do the work, right? Don't, don't, don't carry that too heavy now. But the point is that you don't have to have the call. We're all called to do that. You have a unique call as well. It's a calling that you are uniquely designed for. It's a calling that God specifically gives you and tailors for you. It says that, listen, I am given. Over and over again, Paul says over and over again, do not forget the gift that you received through the laying, uh, laying on of hands. Uh, Peter says that, do not forget the gift that you received when we laid hands upon you. What is he saying? When you received the Spirit, there was an endowment that the Spirit gave you that you may do gifts. Gifts are specific and particular to people according to God's plan. It's for the edification of the body. Special. What are your gifts? 
What has God called you to uniquely gifted you with? And then there's special calling. There are special assignments that God calls us to. There are special things that God calls us to that's not necessarily long-term, and it may not be for the rest of our lives, but it may be specific things that God has called us to, and God wants us to intervene in. It may be a lifelong thing. William Wilberforce fights against slave, the slave trade in England, and leads to his, uh, which leads to his eradication. That was a lifelong call for him. There are other uh, people. I remember the guy says that he felt the presence of God when he ran during World War II. Uh, as a German. I think it, later on he was killed. He felt called, there was a special calling that God used that, uh, used with him. There are things that God will call us to. Life on mission is about knowing and obeying the call in which God has given you. Our part in that is to help you discover what God has called you to when it comes to those unique things, when it comes to that special calling. The next thing, the last, uh, last thing I want us to see here in this calling, because we'll be talking a lot. The next half of the whole book is going to be about specific missions as they're going and, and what's happening with the towns as they're preaching the gospel and sharing this gift of the gospel to other people. Life on mission is both personal and communal. It's both personal and communal. It says that they laid hands on them. They. It says that they sent them. They. Now listen in. If you come to me and say that, uh, Pastor, I believe that God has called me to pastor this church. I'm like, well, where'd you get that from? And who all else uh, is, is saying it? Because God ain't told me that. <laughs> there, there are multiple voices at hand here. This is the nature of the church. This is why we have a congregational mo model. We are elder-led, but we're also congregational, which means that I believe that God is speaking through the church. This is a priesthood of believers, which means God has called all of us to the priesthood, right? We want to release the gifts. They did it. When you believe that you have a calling in your life, the question I'm going to ask you is that who has affirmed it? Has anyone seen it? Now, because it might be like if you see me up here singing or Sam up here singing and we can't hit a note, then somebody needs to say that, hey, I don't think you're called to that. Which is why you need community and which is why you need people around you that they may help to affirm what God may or may not be saying in your life. And that's going to be true in your relationships. That's going to be true in major decisions in your life. That's going to be true when you do stuff on mission. You need people around you to speak in your life so you won't be just out there making a fool of you and me. No. <laughs> and all of us. Oh, you frowning up there, boy. They were sent out. They. And so what well, my hope is for us as I close this devotion, because if I don't close it now, I won't stop. Um, my hope for us is this, is that we become a church filled with people that know what God has called them to. Which there are some things that we're cooking up, and I'm not going to announce it right now. I'll announce it when we have the specific date in the calendar done in terms of how you can actually come to know your gifts and what God has called you to. And once you get to know those gifts, guess what's going to happen? you got to use those gifts. Because people need to experience the love of God through what God has given you. Amen? Amen? All right. Why do we go? We go because we're loved. We go because Christ first pursued us. And Christ is the ultimate missionary. Christ pursued us first. And we're reminded of his love and his missionary uh, acts towards us when uh, we meet every week, week in, week out. Uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He gave thanks. And said that this is my body, broken for you, take and eat. Likewise, 
Jesus took the cup and said that this is the blood of my new covenant spilled for you. Take and drink. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. You got another loaf. What's our other loaf? Are we good? All right. You said, just go with the flow, bro. I want y'all to come and I want y'all to eat and drink and sup on the mercies that the Lord has provided us. But let me pray for us because we don't live life on mission if we don't do it out of what was done first. Let me pray for us. Father, I want to pray for us right now. Lord, I know what it means, God, for us to carry a burden that the conscience was never meant to carry. For us to carry burdens, God, that we were never designed to carry, Lord. And we become undone, Lord, by our own sinfulness, God. My prayer for us right now, Lord, is that we would actually face the gospel, the truth of the gospel. And Lord, we know, Lord, that it doesn't get us off the hook, God, for, for, for living any type of life. That's why Paul says that, that we do not sin, that grace may abound. Certainly not. But Lord, no, what we do, God, out of this broken heart and out of undeserving spirits, Lord, we say that, God, thank you for your love. I am humbled that you would love me so much, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you would sup with me, God. And out of that, Lord, I want to receive that love so much, God, that out of that I may be able to share that love with people because people in Oakland, people in the Bay are hurting, God. People behind closed doors, they are hurting, Lord. And they are lost, Lord, and they need the, the love of your presence, God, and they need the love of your truth to them that all they have to do is, is trust and believe that you are Lord, God. That's what they have to believe and trust in you for salvation. And you will grant it to them, Lord. Lord, we need that assurance today. And so, Lord, as we take this meal as a declaration of belief, we take it because we desperately need it. We need it. We need it. We don't take this bread because we are perfect. We take it because we need your grace, Lord. Lord, so we pray all this in the name of Christ. Amen. Come when you're ready.